lie in bed and listen to Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's Eli. Hey, everybody. And John. Hello. And James. Hello. And me. Hello. Hi, me. (laughs) Hey, me. I'm Dad. How are you? (laughs) He said it. He said the joke. <laughs> All right, that was it for Better Buddies this week. Tune in That's next it. time. Bye. <laughs> Tune in next week for a mom joke. <laughs> yeah. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week. How would you finish the sentence? I'm a man, not a dot dot dot. Um, mm. off the top of my head, I'll say I'm a man, not a lamp, because I'm currently staring at a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it's like free factual. association. Very um, factual. <laughs> I'm a man, not a computer monitor. (laughs) I am a man. Um, Not a miracle worker. I'm a man. Not a miracle worker. That's not bad. That's not bad. Did you say puddle? Bottle. Oh, a bottle. Um, This turned into a a game of I Spy. (laughs) Not not a six foot stack of vintage Playboy magazines. Lightly, lightly used. <laughs> Only lightly used? Damn, James, Just you gotta keep working. They're heavily used. <laughs> I'm a man, not a uh, stack of three children in a trench coat. Damn it, man. I'm a man, not a doctor. <laughs> I'm a man, not a Spartacus. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm a man, oh, man, not a mouse. I'm a man, not, not a, a house. Not a house. I'm a man. Not a man, not a plan. Not a plan. Not a fan of insert radical political opinion. <laughs> um. <laughs> Just by having an opinion, you're radicalized. Oh, yeah. That's Happy what election I- season, folks. That's right, dude. I'm getting so many of those texts. Oh my god, I'm getting so many. That's Sucks ridiculous. I no one texts me. Get, really? I, no. Really? I I get so many. I get um, so many too. I get like two a day at least. Yeah, I get, and they're from. What's funny too is they're from like. Do you get ones from one side or do you get ones from both? Um, um it's mainly Republican. There's a couple Democrat ones sprinkled I, there, but it's mainly Republican. I definitely, I think you're right. Like, I do, it does seem like mainly Republican. I do get some Democrat ones in those well. I always think they're really funny. Um, How? I get, I get, I get from both parties, and I also get from other states. Like, I heard those was like, we have to kick Rubio out of office. And I'm like, why, why am I getting this? What can <laughs> I do about that? <laughs> Please, Eli. Don't you know you're supposed to go commit voter fraud? <laughs> will i be able to bring this text message in court when i get subpoenaed <laughs> but they told me but the nra told me to 
<laughs> they had to die. I mean, I had to commit voter fraud. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I mean, isn't the same voter early vote often? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's I don't surreal. think that's intended to mean multiple times per election, but, you know, loose interpretation. Yeah, exactly. There's, you know, just like, uh, it's like constitutional interpretation, right? Like, you know, you can kind of stretch it a little bit. So I say <laughs> vote as many times as you want. Um, <laughs> and they can't stop you. You have to um, vote in the place of your primary residence, right? Yeah. What are the rules you for have... being your primary residence? You have to actually have a residence there like you you yeah. have to either own a home or you have to have lived in the state or the area for like i think it's like 90 days um, Damn. um I, I think it's only 28 <laughs> days i think it's a month lead time is it really okay yeah. so but... if you can early vote early enough and mail it in and then move somewhere else <laughs> just in up until election day that's brilliant. That's gonna look real suspicious when you type in Google. What is the earliest, <laughs> the earliest vote state with the earliest in voting houses <laughs> in other state? Yeah. <laughs> How to fake identity? <laughs> yeah, sir. We have a list of your. Um, we have a list of your most recent social media or not uh, your search <laughs> engine searches from the date. It's house in different states, how to find uh, uh, residency I, requirements. I I'm running you... a and d campaign. Uh, really? Because there's one here that says water taste coffee will give superpowers question mark. So <laughs> you, you literally typed in how do I break law? Yeah. <laughs> Is breaking law illegal? <laughs> How to avoid subpoenas. <laughs> um, I plead um, the fourth? The fourth? The oh, my my friend. What is the fourth amendment? That British soldiers oh. can't quarter in your home? I thought that was the third amendment. <laughs> is I that the third? Oh my god, we are all... Well, first is free speech, so the second is right to bear arms. Third is... Guns. Third might be quartering... Fourth might be um, save us, Eli. Uh, me? We don't turn to me. <laughs> but we need to know what the Third Amendment is. No quartering of soldiers is number three, and then four is freedom from unreasonable searches and seizures. Oh, that's an important one. Yeah. Fifth is right to due process of law, freedom from self-incrimination, and double jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> we get a right to double jeopardy. We should tell. Oh wait, we can't tell Trebek <laughs> anymore. Oh. <laughs> Damn! No! Oh no! We'll just well, go with uh, Mayim Balink. Is that the, is that her name? Mayim Balink. Is she the new Balink? host? She's got her own like celebrity Jeopardy thing that she's doing. Oh really? Yeah, it's like a charity thing. Yeah, she's uh, yeah, isn't she like actually like super smart? Isn't she like um? Oh yeah, like, she's uh... got doctorates. If you know, you know. pretty crazy smarty yeah. i'm a man not a person committing voter fraud <laughs> at the end of the day here <laughs> perfect that'll hold up that's, in a nice little, that's a nice little bow yeah <laughs> all right all right you guys want to move on to media yeah our next segment is uh better buddies recommend we recommend a piece of media to enjoy 
I recommend not committing voter fraud. <laughs> hey, I recommend Ooh. the U.S. Constitution, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend the now greatest that's... document in the United States, the Constitution. <laughs> I don't know. I Second think the greatest to the Declaration of Independence, because we are always <laughs> free. But somebody stole that. Damn you, Cage! Yeah. <laughs> They should just give it to him so he stops breaking into the Smithsonian <laughs> skillet. I think they should just let him have it. <laughs> yeah. Costs Every, millions a, of dollars. Have to put up the cage traps. <laughs> yeah, the cage cage, which is, has failed every time so far. <laughs> Does no, the no, cage it's... cage just have Nick Cage's face on the sides? Like... <laughs> yeah, it's a big metal trap it's... with Nick Cage's face on the sides, and inside is a fake Declaration of Independence. So he gets drawn into the trap and it triggers and closes on him. Yeah. It's a slightly uh, tilted, uh, like, box that uh, plays avant-garde films and smells like cigars and old whiskey. And then then you lure him with little uh, declarations of independence, so he follows them like a trail of candy. It's like, I'm doing it! I'm fighting it! What the fuck? that's really good actually i love that i love um the idea of uh yeah who would like uh yeah who would play nicholas cage Cage? and what oh the guy who played riley in national treasure there we go yeah oh that's funny (laughs) (laughs) i think uh i think you could do like a real like uh coyote and roadrunner uh, where it's like Nicolas Cage and then the federal agent that has to like stop him from uh, stealing the Declaration of Independence. Can we make the federal like, agent David Boreanaz? I don't know yes. who that is. Uh, Who's David Boreanaz? Not Bones and Bones. He's the the agent in Bones. <laughs> not Bones. <laughs> um, hey, it's me, Bones, name? and my partner, Not Bones. <laughs> <laughs> my partner, David Boreanaz. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bones, and this is Mr. Squarejaw. <laughs> hey, Bones and Squarejaw, that's not too bad. Uh, that's a classic. That sounds like some, like, 80s cartoon villains, like... Yeah. It's like some Bones He-Man shit. Squarejaw. Yeah. Hey, I'm Bones, and this is Squarejaw. And he's like, and he's like, err. My job We're taking your lunch money. <laughs> We live under the sewer. Fuck. <laughs> Let's fight the Ninja Turtles. I'm wearing a sleeveless denim jacket for some reason. Fucking <laughs> snorted. <laughs> it's good. I like that. I like the. I like the idea of uh, them doing uh, like the credits in Bones. It's like Bones, like the character, and then it's all just not Bones. Like everyone is not Bones. He played Agent Seely Booth. Boo! I prefer Square bones. Jaw. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Square Jaw. Square Jaw, not Bones. He kind of looks like uh, he looks like like he could be related to Josh Brolin. Um, Damn bones. So, uh, Never better buddies it. recommend. <laughs> what do we mm-hmm. want to recommend? Uh, I can I can go first. Go, James. Actually, 
I'm going to say, so I would like to recommend Francis Ellis, um, who is this, um, he's actually one of the comedians I saw last night. Um, I guess he's like, I didn't, I literally, uh, I decided to go to the show, this comedy show, like a day before it was put on. Um, cause my friend was talking about this guy. He's like, oh yeah, like he performs at this one, uh, like club a lot. And he's like pretty funny and stuff. And uh, uh, he's like this guy with Barstool Sports. His name is Francis Ellis. And he's not too bad. Um, I went to the show last night. He was, I think he was like the first one up out of the, the sets that they did. Um, and funny, like, uh, like a pretty natural storyteller. Um, he does like some podcasts like through Barstool, I guess. Uh, yeah. who I did not know like their... I always assume Barstool was very much like the most exposure I've had with them is like either I don't have Snapchat anymore, but like some of their Snapchat stuff. And then also like um, just like the videos that they have. Where I can't remember his name. Where the one guy with the long hair like um, interviews people. Do you guys kind of know what I'm talking about or no, no not really? Because I, I have the vaguest concept of what Barstool Sports even is. Um, mm-hmm. Does that have something to do with the call her daddy shit? Uh, yeah, they were, they all, I, I can't, I don't know if that thing's, if uh, that podcast is still going on, but yeah, like Barstool Sports is basically like, um, it, like my impression of it is it's this basically massive sort of like organization that's, uh, it's like all college, um, it's basically a tech company it's, run by it's frat the nerd guys. comedy shit YouTube groups of the early tens, but for not nerds. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. So it's kind of like it sounds like they're weird. taking it's, our culture, James. That yeah, kind of. It's kind of like a like a. This is gonna sound kind of demeaning. It's kind of like a normie, like frat bro, post college. Um, like they're not they're the guys who. Group. Yeah, basically, and but they're massive. So like, you guys might have noticed in any college towns that you were in. Um, like usually uh colleges can have their own like you can become affiliate with barstool and you can run an account and you can like get plugged in their network and stuff like that it's actually kind of like an ingenious sort of model because it helps people like feed it but they're also this other they're this kind of major now uh entertainment and sort of just um yeah like entertainment media group uh for people around like our age um and this guy, Francis Ellis, uh, used to be a part of them, and then he left. I really liked him. I, I watched, like, a few clips of, like, podcasts that he was in, um, and uh, obviously I saw him last night. I think he's pretty funny. He's he's not, like, knock it out of the park, but he's entertaining. He's got some, like, good jokes. Um, would you say kind he's of like consistent? A, I would. I would. He's got a good energy. Um, watching some people up there, I'm not going to lie, I didn't stay for the whole show. Like, I came... Uh, for him, and then Mark Norman, who is another comedian, was also playing, um, and he's pretty funny too. Uh, and he was one that I was familiar with. So um, I watched like three or four comedians, and then I like left because uh, I was like, ah, like I don't need to see anymore. It's it's kind of it is what it is. But yeah, like when someone gets up at a comedy show, um, and they're sort of like either don't like their material is thin, or they don't have this sort of like stage presence um you can really really feel it and you kind of like feel bad for them and it's it can make stuff like really tough it's usually easy one of the reasons there's one of the reasons like 
why they get people drunk there. It's not just because it makes them a lot of money. It does. It's because it just like, it's more likely to laugh. It keeps the energy up. If you were sober at a comedy show, chances are like you probably wouldn't. Would only be like really good people um, that you would like find entertaining. Yeah. Where if you're drunk, it you're gonna find other people, you know, of a wide spectrum. You're just basically happy to be there. Um, anyway, yeah, he's consistent. He's uh, he can he can kind of fill dead air. There's always a little bit of dead air, like here and there, with like somebody's sets. Yeah. But it's kind of how you handle that that defines you as like a comedian to a degree. Um, and you either have the ability to do that or you don't. And I, I think he does. There are some moments where it was like a little, just for a moment, like a little uncomfortable or like, okay, like where's he going now? But for the most part, tells good stories, like tells good jokes, um, just kind of like a pretty overall, like a pretty funny, smooth guy. So I would recommend like, checking him out. I don't know if he has any specials, but I'm sure you can find sort of like work that he's done um, online or whatever. And I don't know, even checking out Barstool as a whole. Um, I think even though for me, there's not like a whole lot for them that uh, that resonates with me. I'm not like one of those guys who like would play cornhole, you know, um, yeah. at, like a, <laughs> at like a house party or something. And that's kind of the demographic. But like, I, I do i have watched like some of their stuff and they're funny like they're pretty congenial some is just really dumb and funny some it's just kind of dumb but i think just like it sounds kind of odd but for like people in our sort of like perspective it's really fascinating to like see this other like see how the animals the, live see see how the <laughs> other is you know how the the other like that that whole part of college that you sort of like knew existed and had like uh, brief glimpses and touches of, but like you never really like. I I can at least say for myself, like I like interacted with people like that, but I never, I was never fully like plugged into that into that culture. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to see a media company that is made basically by people who were and the perspective that they bring, and they can actually be a lot funnier and smarter and just sort of like even kinder than one would expect. Um, well, but yeah. Fair. I would expect them to be considering they managed to make a media empire out of it rather than making a hangover out of it. Yeah, but you don't need to be, you don't need to be nice to be a media person. Um, it's, it's, it is interesting. Uh, I know that obviously like the guy who runs it, uh, Dave Portnoy is somewhat like of a controversial figure. Um, so I can't speak to like anything on that, but um, yeah, I would I would recommend Francis Ellis and even checking out Barstool Sports. Uh, if you ever cool. Who wants to go next? I can go next. Go for it. Okay, so I want to recommend two books I've been reading. One I finished and the one I'm working through right now. Uh, the first one is uh, called Dust and Grim. It is a uh, middle grade. Uh, I read it. Uh, for like the spooky season it's a it's a fairly spooky book but it is middle grade fiction so it's not you know like horrifying but mm -hmm. it, it it scratched that spooky itch for me uh this past halloween season the plot is about uh, uh a girl named molly molly grim and she reconnects with her uh, estranged brother that she just found out existed and she finds out that said brother whose name is dustin is his job is he's the keeper of a 
funeral home for monsters. So what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a big surprise. And uh, sort of you follow the siblings as they sort of like learn to connect with each other, uh, sort out some, you know, lost family baggage and try to become, you know, together as a wholesome family unit as best they can amid all the, the spookiness that's happening they can be <laughs> exactly <laughs> and i recommend the book it, it, it is a really fun read I, I particularly love the main character molly she is just the sassiest sassiest teenage uh protagonist you can think of and i loved her like the writing style is just so it's so snarky but endearing uh it's not told from molly's perspective but it's sort of that third person limited style where the narrator is sort of speaking on behalf of molly and giving her perspective and things like i know she calls her her father who recently passed away like variations of steve it's, she keeps calling him like steve-o steve-arino steve-arini <laughs> you know <laughs> like that, that's not her saying that it's the narrator saying it so it's just it's very funny um uh, I know Halloween has passed, but I still recommend it if you want some sort of light, supernatural, fun family adventure uh, that is dust and grim. Uh, the second one is a little bit of a chonkier. It's still middle grade fiction, but it's it's a lot bigger. This is called Wildwood. Uh, oh, sorry. I should mention that Dust and Grim was written by Chuck Wendig, who you might recognize that name because he also wrote some Star Wars novels. No way. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I found that out after the fact. It was super cool. Uh, so the second book, uh, Wildwood, it is written by Colin Malloy. Uh, it is about another young teenage protagonist who, uh, her name is Prue. She lives in Portland, Oregon. And the first literal sentence of the book is her baby brother getting stolen by a bunch of crows. Hot damn. <laughs> she's oh. just walking, she's carrying baby Mac in like a, a little stroller and the crows just come down and take him and fly him off into the woods. Well, they must have needed him more than she did. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, like, as you can imagine, this is also another fantasy adventure book. Uh, we follow Prue and her friend Curtis as they venture into like this forbidden woods called uh, the Impassable Wilderness, and they try and search for Mac, um, the but baby do brother. Impassable the wilderness. They pass through the wilderness, and you find out how and why. <laughs> Hot damn! Uh, but it's it's super fun. It's a really enjoyable uh, read. It's a very dense read. The the prose is very thick. It is middle grade, but. There are many times where I had to stop and like look up a word because Colin Malloy is such a is such a lyricist. And I bring that up because if you're a fan of the Decemberists, they're, they're Decemberists. They're an indie folk band from Portland, Oregon. He's the lead singer, oh. so a lot like there's actually some songs <clears throat> written in the in the prose that are you know you can tell are written by a professional musician. And uh, sort of the icing on top of everything is the it's also illustrated. And the illustrator is actually uh, Colin Malloy's wife named Carson Ellis. Hmm. And and it's it, the, the drawings are just so endearing. They're so cute and just brings a lot of life to the pages. Uh, one of my <laughs> as I was reading a backstory about the book, I found out that there are some instances of the plot that have completely no bearing or of importance at all. But Carson convinced colin to put plot in so she could draw stuff nice. <laughs> because the the most glaring example there's a scene where the main character prue gets picked up by a badger carrying a rickshaw 
<laughs> it is completely meaningless, but she really wanted to draw a badger riding a rickshaw. So <laughs> it, it, it is just a very fantastical, fun read. Um, if if you want something a bit meatier, but also, you know, sort of a little more juvenile and fun and whimsical, uh, that is Wildwood uh, by Colin Malloy. And I did pick it up mainly because our my one of my favorite music uh my favorite movie studios Leica Studios who you might know as Coraline and Kubo of the Two Strings are adapting this into a stop motion movie next Leica's year. Like is doing so. this one? Oh yep. no Hell way. Yeah. Yep. And and the coolest part <clears throat> I mentioned that uh the book takes place in Portland where Colin Malloy is from, which is also where Leica is from. So nice. it it feel it's very much like a le- love letter to Portland uh portland uh city the wilderness and everything so i'm super amped for the for the movie i love reading books before the movie and i'm having such a joy with with wildwood so those are those are the two media dustin grimm and wildwood both fun middle grade supernatural fantastical adventure books hell yeah that's awesome john what do you got so my recommendation this week is an absence of media (gasps) You ready? You ready? Yeah. Um, so it's November, new month, new me, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. This <laughs> month, I am trying to not watch YouTube at all. Wow. Previously, I, was... I had spent like an average of 20 hours a week on it. So that's a lot of time I could use for other things. Dang. Good for you. Making I... it so far, but it's day two. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You made it to day two. I um kind of stayed up past midnight on October thirty first watching YouTube. So <laughs> I cheated a little bit, but once I woke up in November, I was good for it. There you go. <laughs> that is uh that is so funny because I was literally like I was sitting in my bed like watching YouTube videos today and I was like, you know what I should do this month? I should I'm not even kidding. I should fucking, I should, because I've, like, thought about doing that before, just, like, cutting it out, like, entirely. It's really not that hard. <laughs> I, no, I know, because well, I'm, I'm thinking even, like, even cutting out, like, like streaming, How you know what you? I mean? Like, well, like, not entirely, like, I, I might watch a movie or something, but I think, like, what John's getting at is something that a lot, of, I, I know I do it a lot, where it's, like, this passive watching where it's like either when I'm eating or when I'm like um, making food even usually, or like just like kind of hanging around. Like it's just this passive stuff. Yeah. And it, he's, you're right. Like there's, I don't know. How do you feel uh, looking at staring in. down? Yeah. Two days in staring down the barrels, November. Um, hasn't been like that transformative yet. Um, mm-hmm. I'm in a bowling league now, so that took up most of my time yesterday evening, and I've been playing Factorio with my roommate, so... Nice. <laughs> that awesome. is also my, uh, great distractor sometimes out of the year. That's perfect. But going well. I've definitely, like, wanted to go and look at it on my phone. I actually moved it to, like, the hidden app section, so I wouldn't click on it automatically. Um, was was there a moment in particular where like that catalyzed this or were, was it just kind of a gradual like i should probably like feel like yeah i have to cut down um there wasn't one particular moment i guess i actually did this four years ago um in college mm-hmm. i like did the whole nine yards i like ip blocked youtube on my laptop i deleted the app from my phone 
and I ended up just watching a lot of Netflix. Oh. <laughs> so, I don't know. I've been feeling like there's stuff I need to make progress on life, and it's just a distraction that's getting in the way. So, Yeah, that's uh, very mature, John. I admire that. All right. I am also forgoing alcohol this month, so we'll see how those two come uh, I, I, <laughs> I should do that, too. <laughs> well, considering the $17... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you spent your budget already. <laughs> yeah, for November already. Last I know that's my that that was my grocery budget for the month. That's uh, oh. Jin's gonna have to carry me through. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, that's yeah, that's Just a very good point. I would probably cocktail over the course of a month to get you the calories you need. Yeah, exactly. They call it the Russian diet. It's actually very popular. <laughs> you have nothing but clear liquor and literally the absence of food. It's actually incredibly easy. Um, but yeah, maybe I should try. All right. My recommendation this week is the movie Amsterdam. Oh. Yeah, I caught like the last showing of it on the last day it was going to be available in theaters. Nice. Oh, that's uh, awesome. I like it. I really liked it. Um, it was not as action-oriented as I was expecting it to be, based on the trailer. Like, it was a lot more, like, intrigue and, like, I don't know about if personal drama is the right word, but it was a lot more, like, character work and interaction rather than, like, it's an action historical piece, see? Mm-hmm. But all the acting was spectacular. Um, it The lighting and costuming and set pieces were all really well done it's got some interesting premises and concepts and art stuff and it falls into a category of movie that i'm still struggling to define i have this category and maybe y'all can help me with this where i don't i don't know what defines this category but i know a movie falls into it when i see it amsterdam falls in this category uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, which I also watched this past weekend, was really good. But it doesn't fall in the category. Man from Uncle falls in the category. Kingsman: The Secret Service, which I bought and watched the same day as I bought and watched Man from Uncle, doesn't fall in the category. I I just I don't know what the what falls in the category and what doesn't, but I know, I know what does, but I don't know Is why. It? Is that was just, that was just, the vaguest thing I think I've ever heard. <laughs> I, <laughs> Is it just grab like, a bunch of A-listers into the movie and see what happens? Is that the category? No. Because this cast is... Wow. Oh, yeah. Stacked. Amsterdam's cast is stacked. And honestly, I think it's probably one of my favorite performances of both Rami Malek and um, what's his character's wife's name. She was the main character in Queen's Gambit. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy. Really liked her in that, too. No, I guess, like, I mean, because are you saying, um, is it, like, the plots of these movies or the way they're shot, or, I guess... Um... It's, they fall into this weird category of generally good movie that doesn't get as much, in my perception, doesn't get as much popularity or recognition as it should have, but is still relatively, like, mid to big budget. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. And like you that's why everything that. everywhere all at once doesn't fall into it. It's too it's too popular, too like prestige. Right. Yeah, that's very fair. That's um, I don't know. I guess you could. I mean, you could 
call the I they have like the term like sleeper or sleeper hit. Although I guess that implies that eventually like it will become. I think like I think a Sean's hit. actually found um, it <laughs> based uh, on the budget and box office. Oh, that's not good. Eighty million budget with a twenty-four million return. <laughs> oh, are you serious? Oh my Ow. god, that that's is rough, painful. buddy. Because <laughs> I think Man from Uncle ended up in a similar situation of uh, X amount spent did not get that in return. So, so yeah, it's basically like a, a quality movie that that bombed at the boss box office but not because of the you know the quality of the movie it, yes. th- that that happened that happens so often especially yeah with these uh, high like, profile i i remember up top of my head the uh, here's the man mm-hmm. from uncle man from uncle budget was 75 to 84 million box office take was 107 million so it wasn't a flop but uh uh they usually say that you want to make at least double your budget that's usually like what they um what what you should aim for um because it's like uh Atomic blonde falls in this category for, uh, it's in the category of me let's see what the movie take was um nope atomic blonde doesn't fall doesn't fit the budget parameter it had a budget of 30 million and made 100 million that's pretty oh, good wow. wait um eli what were you gonna say before you're saying um Oh, one God. one movie I think that falls in that category is the Nice Guys. I thought the Nice Guys. Oh was my like God, incredible! Yeah. But but yeah, you're laughing because it's like yeah, that's a sleeper hit. You know, like uh, it, it it is it is much beloved for the people who saw it, but not a whole lot of people saw it. <laughs> it totally is. I want to know who like uh, watching that movie and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm like this, like who the fuck stole the idea from who? Like because these <laughs> movies are almost. I'm not gonna say they're the exact same, but they're like in their construction and in their whole sort of like, obviously not necessarily their, their execution, but just some of the like these major elements are just sort of like almost the same. Um, and it's just uh, it's very interesting. But the Nice Guys is that is a great movie. That is uh, that is a wonderful film. Um, can I ask? Has everyone here seen Everything Everywhere All at Once? I have uh, not, but I can step uh, away for a few minutes if you want to talk about it. No, we don't have to do that then. We can I'm, wait. I wanna, we can wait. We can wait um, for sure. Um, I'm always interested to hear people's like opinions on it, um, but I will. I was at my lip. Um, here's here's where I'm at. The time this is a non-spoiler review of it. One sentence. I enjoyed the film with what I, th- I think it had a great message. I think it got a little too overhyped in my hearing about it, though, which is kind of on me. Because I heard a lot of great things when it came out of like, oh, it's so fucking good. It's fantastic. It's so fucking good. So by the time I eventually got around to seeing it, it was kind of like, oh. It was I mean, fine. Really good special <laughs> effects and a generally good story. I don't I don't think this was as knocked out of the park as people put forth. But it was good. Oh, I'm, I'm the opposite. Yeah. I was proselytizing this movie. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I think it's one of the best movies I've seen in like the last five years. <laughs> I, I, I do think it's like wildly inventive. I think it's very creative. Um, I do think there are some things it tries to do and fails. Uh, but I will say it is very like unique. And there are not many movies like it that have sort of this... Um, 
this like high concept in the way that it's done and actually managed to at least like pull it off with some kind of like coherent or sort of um uh sort of ge genuinely like um tangible aesthetic cohesion and yeah. everything everywhere all at once does i will say as well like i like i i like the movie i it wasn't uh it it wasn't necessarily a favorite of mine but i completely understand like why people really adore it i also have to say what a great poster too absolutely love that poster oh um, yeah it's it's great and like it's I, I, beautiful and i don't i don't want to like say that it's it's a it's above criticism because i have some criticism oh, yeah, of it yeah. too but i think just the the act of its existence is what like puts it up you know in my standings because i mean the movie was made with like i think You're like fool. a fool you've like fallen for eight... the russo brothers <laughs> i think everything every every uh yeah everything everywhere was made with like a 10 million dollar budget or eight million dollar budget mm -hmm. and it, it i don't know to me it's just it it is you know in in the age where everybody says like oh you know all movies are the same they keep rehashing you know reboots and things no one's creative anymore and i feel like this is sort of the route everything everywhere was the rallying call of like look there's still good movies creative interesting and original movies Bunch being of 14 made 14.3 so. million with 101 million take holy yeah. shit <laughs> yeah they did really really well yeah i'm just tickled that it's it's done so well because i think it's i, I think it's a, like regardless of your opinion on like the movie itself i think it's a mm. it's a good thing for the movie industry that it succeeded yeah. i agree i i think it's been really interesting actually over the past couple of years because i think there's been a marked shift in what is the movies like I, I think like there has been um like obviously the the franchises are still sort of there um and they will be for like a long time which is obviously not it's not necessarily a bad thing but it does feel like um it does feel like there is more space being created or more interest like it, like it feels like yeah. more quote-unquote like traditional style movies well um, like I would agree promoted. with that based on a few, like based on the movie selection from the past year. Because in the past mm -hmm. year, I wanted to see, but haven't yet, Elvis. We had everything yep. everywhere all at once. The unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, yep. Amsterdam. And then I want to go see The Menu with uh, Ralph Fiennes, is it? Yeah, I think it's, like, isn't it Ray Fiennes? Isn't it's Ray, Ray Fiennes. Yeah, Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes, okay. Because it's technically a horror movie, but like, it just looks so much more of a fascinating thriller to me than like actually a horror movie. Yeah, that one does look good. Did anyone here see? Uh, it reminded me. Did anyone here see that? Don't worry, darling. I haven't seen that. Um, no, but I did look not... up the plot, and after looking up the plot, I'm not as interested in, in it anymore. I I just think like because I know I I don't know the details. I know that for some reason, like the the press around it was like a shit show, um, and I think I heard like mixed things about it. It's something that's like, it's it does look really interesting to me, and I love the fact that Chris Pine is in it, uh, playing kind of like a a sinister role. It looks like because I think he was like born to play like charismatic villains. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm I like the idea of it. Like I like this th these more like high concept driven uh, films, but um, that one seemed a little. Uh, a little hit or miss but i think there were there was some development drama on that one yeah okay i think the director like divorced their husband and started dating one of the actors 
Olivia Wilde, right? Isn't yeah. she? Because yeah. she's dating she's dating Mr. Harry Styles. Oh um, no. <laughs> Oh, did you not know that? Oh I God. did not know yeah. that. that sounds Dude, juicy. <laughs> that is juicy. How wait, I wanna know. Uh how old is she? Uh, she is thirty-eight. Styles has gotta be like our age, maybe a little older. I bet he's almost thirty. So that's not that's not as much of a difference, I guess, as Let's see here. No, yeah, he's told 28. So 10 years. Nice, Harry. Very nice. Um, <laughs> good pull. Uh, yeah, too bad. I don't know. Maybe she's regretting it now because she's because uh, he's kind of an erratic personality. But I don't know. Maybe she's into that. So um, good for the both of them. Maybe they'll just release a movie where it's all about them. Maybe. <laughs> and we can all watch it. Um, but yeah, Florence Pugh, I know, was in that too. I feel so bad because I have not seen like any movies with her. Like, I haven't seen I mean, Midsommar or uh, Little Women. Yeah, she's she's been pretty good in the MCU. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure, not by like design, but I think I've seen every Florence Pugh movie, and <laughs> she's so she's e- great. She's great. Eli has a crush. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it. I. I... <laughs> Like I said, it wasn't. I think. I think after like movie three, I was like, okay, I guess this is just a thing now. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't hurt no. slash help that she's about our age. <laughs> yeah, she is. No, I totally get that. She definitely. She has a very. Um, uh, this is. This is going to sound really mean, but I promise I do not mean it this way. She has like a very approach approachable sort of atmosphere. Like well, she seems. I would attribute very that more to her wrestling past. Like, is she she's not an actual wrestler she, that was just a movie was it not i thought she came out of the wrestling background did she i don't think now so I check Eli, she, you're no, expert. She, her breakthrough it's like she was in a movie about wrestling but i don't yeah, think she I don't was think a wrestler she was actually wrestling that would actually be kind of awesome if she was i would love to see british professional wrestling <laughs> yeah i never realized that was just from a movie I always the saw British like the still images WWE. from it. I always thought she just came out of like a wrestling background. Yeah. She does. She, she does have a like a kind of genuinely sort of like stockier okay, like fair, build to her. It was literally mm-hmm. a movie. If this headline is, if I'm reading this headline correctly, it was literally a movie about the WWE. <laughs> like oh, I don't think I can yeah. blamed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I I was wrong. I have seen Outlaw King. Okay, so I saw her in that, uh, which was which was a fun watch. Um, but yeah, no, um, yeah, good for her. So Amsterdam, though, you would uh, you you oh wreck absolutely it for recommend. Sure. It's How long so, do you yeah. think before we can rent that? Um, pretty soon should be pretty soon because I watched it this past Saturday. And I had to, like, look around for, like, I forgot when it was coming out. Apparently it came out the beginning of October. Like, for whatever reason, I thought it had a later release date. So I went to find it and found, like, one theater in 25 miles of me that had it. Well. And they had, like, a showing. Dang. You got, uh, you got it. It's that glass boat. Yeah, really did. So... For the rest of our podcast, what do we want to do? Rec- uh, do a rewrite or advice? Uh, I don't know. What are what are people filming up to? Um, 
What is the uh, rework rewrite? Um, it's what happens we, when you leave James and I alone in a room for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> we we basically like you either like um, take a movie or a show or something that exists already, and you basically say like, "Wouldn't it be cool if they did this instead?" Like you basically try and like quote unquote fix things, or you we all kind of like pitch like an original movie idea. It's kind of like being in a writer's room; you all like come up with it uh, together, basically. Okay. That sounds so, cool. yeah, we can we can we can give it a shot. Uh, the only issue is like it usually runs; it can run like a little long, so uh, that's why it usually offers uh, the advice or the um, or the pitch. Because uh, we can't. Cause do you, we can We usually we can usually try and get at least one piece of advice in there, but it will it will be long. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, what do we we want to try and. Uh, I'll brainstorm a, a little a little movie together or a show or anyone okay. have anything? Yeah, I'm done with that. That sounds fun. Do we, we want to go back to our uh, Nicholas Cage as a pest that the uh, uh, <laughs> they have to deal with once a year? So I, yeah. <laughs> so is this just like the unbearable weight of talent, but with the cage. the meme yeah. even more meme version? <laughs> yeah, and he's not actually like a per. He, Here's what it is. It's not Nicolas okay. Cage as an actor. It's Nicolas Cage as a cryptid. Oh, like he's... But like, okay. like, they're having, he's like, the sightings. And... They're sightings. Or, and he shows up like... at the Smith... At wherever the, like, okay. Declaration of Independence is stored once a year, so they gotta put up the traps. I, I actually... I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I actually really dig the idea of, like, a... Okay, so it's not. it's not a federal agent how about okay this is what i'm gonna pitch and obviously like we can all we all roll with this like let's uh or, or like reject it modify it do whatever but um my pitch just based off this is like a young studio like uh like a like a production assistant who is tasked by the head of the studio um we like we're failing we're dying we need uh, this star who, like, people very rarely see. I need you to go and find them and, like, bring them back to star, like, to agree to star in this movie. Because if they agree to star, um, they'll have come out, like, quote-unquote, like, out of hiding. Um, and, uh, and and it'll, like, save the studio, quote-unquote. Um, but the thing is, where, like, it's not... Where are we incorporating the giant mouse trap or, like, the giant, I, like, rodent trap with that, Nicolas that, Cage's face on it? We're getting like, there. We're getting well because the thing is, like a movie like this, usually it would revolve around, like usually you know within the first act or like you know by the by the middle of the second, maybe like the studio exec would have like found them, and the movie becomes more about like oh like let's like you know personal drama and intrigue and blah blah blah. But this is not that. This is literally like a game of like cat and mouse because the star like realizes um, that they're like trying to be found basically and um i don't know i think you could do something where you could have it as either nicholas cage or nicholas cage type who like thrives on like the whole like i'm gonna turn my life into art it's so nicholas cage like... played by daniel radcliffe <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh i love that actually yeah <laughs> nicholas cage played by weird ali yankovic played by daniel radcliffe yes that's perfect yeah brilliant. <laughs> I, I i think i think you could almost have like like Nicolas Cage gets called into like the CIA or like 
uh, <laughs> and then they tell him like there's been sightings of Nicolas Cage's all over the place. Do you know anything about this? And he's like, no, oh. I have no idea. And all of like the method actors have become like Nicolas Cage and are causing havoc around the globe. And he has to go and rap, like ring them all up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I think, love I think we that. Into two different movies here. Oh, I love the first that, one seemed to me to be like almost a Looney Tunes level of like trying to capture the one actor, but it's all very realistic. So like, yeah, yeah, they've got the giant ass trap, but to disarm it, he actually like throws a book in there and triggers the trap or he quote unquote runs off the cliff, but it turns out it's actually a plexiglass length that you just can't see. <laughs> yeah. The second I, one sounds like it's a yeah. lot more comedy. <laughs> I love this second idea. I love the idea of like a jet setting Nicolas Cage, like globe trotting adventure. Because <laughs> it's also a great opportunity to bring in a bunch of like, like you can stack the cast and they're all like, um, they're all like famous actors who are like playing deep Question. in method playing Nicolas Cage. Yeah. For the, for the second idea that Eli's proposed. Yeah. You would have to only hire method actors, right? And like, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, Nicholas Cage. But like for all the method actors that become Nicholas Cage and are causing havoc, they all have to actually be method actors. So you know you got to have Jared Leto on set pretending to be Nicholas Cage. I that would uh, hello Oscars like right <laughs> up. It's over. It's done. <laughs> that would be so hello, Oscars, funny. Oscars, we're too. taking all of them. <laughs> that the best that makeup. Would be so I think funny. you mean um, Florence Pugh in Cage makeup. Oh my god, uh, please have <laughs> <laughs> Pugh as a Nick Cage. <laughs> oh my god, I would just love I would love especially Oh fuck, he has one in a Jennifer Award. Lawrence as Nicolas Cage. Oh, we're throwing Tilda Swinton in here, right? Oh, oh we have to. Amazing Cage. <laughs> oh my gosh, we have to. Can you to. see that though? Because Tilda Swinton is so weird that she would pull it off. She would be yeah. the best Cage out of all of them. She She's would. The final she cage. really would. <laughs> final cage. Um, the final I, do, I, I think we. I think we can combine both ideas though of this globe trotting Nicholas Cage grabbing all the cage impersonators, but doing it in wacky, you know, traps and things like that. Like, yeah. what if what if each method acting uh, Nick Cage is trying to do a movie? of you know a nick cage movie like oh. i don't know tilda swinton is in like new orleans doing bad the lieutenant and sort of call <laughs> yeah and it's and and he lures her out by doing a bunch of like memes and callbacks and references <laughs> i so, i love the yeah i love the idea though too of like each it doesn't it should be kind of subtle but each section where he's going after people like the the movie's filming style doesn't change entirely but in subtle ways it mirrors like the style of that movie. So you know let me lay I mean? this out. Our current plot is Nicolas Cage is approached by a shady individual informing him mm -hmm. that uh, method actors all over the world filming remakes or reboots or parodies of, or like clones of his movies are going wild and causing havoc. So Nicolas Cage mm -hmm. goes on a globetrotting adventure to round up the fake cages in wacky and wild stunts related to his old movies only to get back and find out that the shady individual that hired him is also Nick Cage. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Is it, are, we should totally do, like, a multiverse bullshit, like... Oh, <laughs> yes. He's from another dimension. Yeah. It's actually Nick Cage. It's not a method actor. <laughs> and, like, the, and like the, the, the alpha Nick Cage 
uh, is faced with a you know confronting with the with the uh, alternative version of Nick Cage, and he's like, "You could be a, a, the world leader. You know, you have so much power." <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, I, I like that. Eli. I like that. Let me throw one thing out there. Yeah, he's from he the alternate Nick Cage sets it up that he's from a world that was ruined by their actions, and it turns out no, only his career was ruined. <laughs> <laughs> everything else is fine the entire planet is absolutely fine no one even realizes that these movies weren't Nick Cage movies they all just have someone else in them we like yeah. whip pan through five different movies with somebody else in them yeah, like, you it's clearly like... see it's Tilda Swinton in New Orleans doing the thing <laughs> no I, I love that it's like uh, it's like you don't understand like your agency realized that people go to see you but but you can't Henry be Cavill. everywhere. <laughs> Henry Cavill's oh doing the unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> uh, you can't yeah. be everywhere. <laughs> it's the idea that they, like, in the studio did this. To, like, Think of how great the world would be if it was full I, of Nick Cages. And Nick, <laughs> the alpha Nick Cage goes, no, the world's not ready for that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. You have to accept the responsibility. You could lead the free world, but then I can't wear leather jacket. <laughs> when you lead the free world, you can wear whatever you want. <laughs> you can get back to the suits. You can wear the leather yeah. jackets. You can have the island back. You can buy I back love, the castle. I love the idea of uh, of this other alternate reality, Nick Cage. Like he he's taking on the ultimate like method acting of like being nick cage even though he's not you know what i mean like the ultimate <laughs> no, like no, completely nick cage being nick cage yeah he's he's method acting no, it's, reality it's nick cage <laughs> with an eye patch <laughs> do you know what it's like to be you but not be you it's like yeah that's what acting is like, <laughs> is the ending like they have this big long fight then the alternate nick cage's therapist just shows up and is like nick I, kn I know about your phantom limb with the eye loss. Come on, let's go back to therapy. I think we should. I think we should bring in a third Nicolas Cage asking the other two if they want to go steal the Declaration of Independence. And that's not. your thing's at stake. Uh, yeah, no, I actually. Then, no, Nick, you're the national treasure. <laughs> no, Nicholas, Nicholas, listen to me. We've been through a lot this week. Deep down, I think we both know you're the national treasure. <laughs> it's like a little tear. No, I do love the idea of like, yeah, this like third Nick Cage coming in and being like, uh, like I come from a reality where uh, they burned our uh, version can, of the national of the I, national treasure. I just I love the idea of like you you don't have to act in your movies. You can live in them now. <laughs> Imagine that. It's the metaverse. Cages. Cages. It's, it's I, like I real. We need to get the Book of Secrets. They burned it in my reality, but we can still find it in yours. Oh, I love that, actually. Yeah, they have to. It's an interdimensional Nick Cage agency. The sequel is puts... the C-Team. The C <laughs> Actually, yeah. I love that. Uncaged. Or, or it could be the Cajuncy. <laughs> the Cajuncy. Yes. <laughs> what's the first one? What's the, what's the current one, though? What's the one we're working on? What's that called? Um, oh, 
Um, I like victory lap, but it doesn't make a ton of sense. That's pretty Why good, victory though. <laughs> if anything, it's like at least going, a working title. <laughs> going around and reliving all his past experiences with these other actors. Victory lap. Yeah. Honestly? Nick, Nick Cage everywhere, all at once. Oh, <laughs> Cage miss. <Page -mas. laughs> <laughs> um, Let me think, yeah. The CIA, the Cage Intelligence Agency. No. The Cage Intelligence Agency. Yeah, it's a CIA, but all in the cages, so it's even more fucking schizophrenic. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like uh, we're drifting into Citadel of Rick's territory, territory here. <laughs> I kind of do like Victory Lap. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty good. Um, me, myself, and I. Oh, I, that's pretty me, good. me, 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 myself, and I. <laughs> me, myself, and Cage. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's good. My dinner with Cage. <laughs> my dinner with Cage. My, no, no, Nicholas I think it's going to be my dinner with Nicholas. My dinner with. <laughs> it's like it's like in Tropic Thunder with all the spoof movies. That's just yeah. Nicholas Cage parodied movies. <laughs> Oh, I love that actually. Oh, that's here's, brilliant. Here's what it is. I think this is a movie where the one of the marketing gimmicks would be that where they put out a bunch of movie posters that are parodies of other movies, but oh, Nicolas yeah. Cageified, and because of that, <laughs> no one knows what the movie's actually called. Similar to how oh. Edge of Tomorrow got misnamed as Live Die Repeat because people are fucking stupid. It's brilliant. Hey man, we go with whatever words are biggest on the poster. Yeah, but not all the posters had those as the, as the biggest. Also, I'm pretty sure Live Die like Repeat one was that... I thought Live Die Repeat was the title of like the original like manga. No. It was always it Edge not? of Tomorrow. Wow. Hey, Live Die Repeat is. is a lot cooler. Like I'll I'll I'm standing Live Die Repeat. Uh, <laughs> Live Die Tomorrow. I think it's a brilliant name. Yeah, Live Die Repeat's cooler. Live Die Repeat is cool, Lived. but you're literally on the edge. Yeah, and tomorrow. he live, dies, repeat. It's we'll more literal. You tomorrow, but you'll only need the edge. <laughs> you'll only need the edge. No, I love. Uh... Okay, so have we? Is it? Are we gonna do me, myself, and Cage? I like me, myself, and Cage. Cage. Okay. And then uh, was it? So. And it's me, myself, and Cage to the Cagency Uncaged. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Uncaged. Nicholas Uncaged. Oh my it's, god. It's me, myself, and Cage. Sequel mm -hmm. is the Cagency. And then it's Cagency. Nicholas Uncaged. Nicholas Uncaged. He's back for a third time. <laughs> and I think that's the one where he wipes out the multiversal cages. <laughs> He realizes this is a trilogy. It is now. <laughs> it has oh, been. I love that. I love that. And in, in classic Nick Cage style, the first one is better than you thought it would be. The second one is <laughs> really good. And the third one is utter garbage. Why did anyone make this? The third one doesn't get made sometimes. Like National Treasure. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. The production it's company made... purposely the production company purposely doesn't make the third movie just advertising for it. <laughs> It'll come out eventually. Coming, Coming soon. soon. <laughs> to a VHS near you. 
we're letting you know that this is being made, but not in your reality. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's an art piece right there. Yeah, that is pretty like, we actually made the movie, but you're never going to see it. <laughs> we made your movie, but you only need the edge. This is this is the reality where we made the greatest Nick Cage movie of all time and then shot it into the sun. <laughs> Live streamed on Twitch. Or, or for, the, for the third one, they just have like uh, an hour and 40 minutes of Nick Cage in a theater watching the third movie, but you only watch <laughs> Nick Cage react to things. Yes. <laughs> like eating popcorn. That's actually kind of amazing. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, that was cool. <laughs> Great choices, yeah. <laughs> I could have done it a little differently in this scene if they'd given me another take. Another take. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he just gets up to use the bathroom, doesn't come back. <laughs> he doesn't watch the whole movie. <laughs> no, I think he comes back in with like five minutes left. He's like, yeah. oh, man, that, uh, that concessions guy was chatty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's really funny. That's I mean, we have to have this made now, right? Because that third movie has to be made. It has that, to be not made. Yes, it has to. Well, no, it will be made, but it also won't be. It Released. just won't be seen. Yeah, ever. I'm pretty sure that Disney has a clause that if something sounds cool enough, they legally have to make it a movie. Oh, that's right, <laughs> Disney. I know you're listening. <laughs> I know you can hear our thoughts, you fucking mouse. So make the movie. Um, you know, come on. You didn't they? Uh, no, they didn't produce uh, National Treasure. That was Bruckheimer, or did they do National Treasure? I think they did it, didn't they? I, th I think they did too, actually. So yeah, we can we can totally make this work. National Treasure. <laughs> what a fucking what a great movie, actually. What a fantastic film. Um, All right. I was I was thinking we could submit Global Treasure as a uh, Global Treasure. That, I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> actually, yeah, Nick Cage Global Treasure. That's actually really good. Interdimensional Treasure. Interdim oh, we got even bigger. Interdimensional Treasure. Oh, wait, global it's Treasure. Be Nick Cage Global Treasure. Then Nick Gage, Nick Cage Galactic Treasure, and then we can do Interdimensional Treasure. <laughs> Nick Cage, Interdimensional Treasure 3, Uncage, The Cajun Sea. <laughs> and then we get Nick Cage, The Singularity. Uh, the <laughs> the Cajularity. <laughs> Nick this Cage summer. achieves enlightenment on screen. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage becomes the Buddha. <laughs> Nick Cage, this summer in The Cajularity. Nick Cage is the next Dalai Lama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's All fucking right. funny. Oh man. Do, do we want to do one, we can one do some really one. quick advice question? How to be a yeah, better partner give some real and some humorous advice. Our question this week What do you actually think about women who think they are witches? Yeah. Hey, all, all the more power to them. As long as they're not okay, if they don't I hope they don't think they're witches in the kind of like, you know, kidnapping children and throwing them into like potions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's only for the super rich to do, you ladies. <laughs> leave, leave it leave it to the professionals. 
no, I, I agree. I mean, like, I think um, I can get behind the, the aesthetic or whatever. I think as long as, um, yeah, as long as you're not like hurting, hurting anybody, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, why not? I, I'm generally agreeing with all y'all. The one thing I will say though, is like, man, don't be much like anybody with their hobbies and interests when it's pulled out in times and places that it shouldn't be. Don't be walking up to people in the street and be like, I'm going to cast a spell on you. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean... car. And it's like, okay, lady, I don't know you. What the fuck? <laughs> is that a threat? Ma- ma'am, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> ma'am, I'm just getting gas at the quick trip. Can we not? Ma'am, I'd like to ask if this is a threat so I can know whether or not I can legally defend myself. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm about to. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Ma'am, you need Jesus. <laughs> I've got the perfect thing. Have you ever heard of the Catholic Church? They're kind of like witches. <laughs> sure, sure. Hey, they summon spirits in the Bible. It's it's kosher. Yeah, they do. It's yeah. It's you know. It's yeah, basically they're uh, like they summon the spirit like, of Elisha. They're kind of like wizards. Some of Elisha's uh, followers go to a medium and ask her to summon the spirit of Elisha so they can get advice, and she does. And he gives them advice, and it's all good. Well, you're technically... There's also multiple passages in the Bible that forbid divination or, like, yep. uh, like, like stuff like that. So figure that one out. Ah, oh, man. Who knew that a book written by literally hundreds of people would be so inconsistent? A book written by <laughs> hundreds of people over thousands of years. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's written by Shakespeare. Was it really? No, but the King James Bible was functionally Shakespeare, considering it took a lot of influence from him. No way. Yeah. That's uh, that's the one that I have. That's the one that I'm reading. That's pretty cool. Um, it's pretty cool. That's why, like, you can technically say Shakespeare influenced the Bible and is more influential. <laughs> you heard it, you heard it here first. James thinks the Bible is cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I news. think everyone should read it. Muslims, <laughs> Jews, <laughs> those fucking Buddhists. You should all read the Bible. <laughs> Come on, We're I just want to talk. No listeners again this week. <laughs> I mean, it's been kind of a rowdy episode. We swung from voter fraud to the Nicolas Cage multiverse to now, now potential <laughs> religious blasphemy. You know, now it's mis- hey, I'm just you know what? Everyone loves the missionary position, and my position is to be a missionary. So, uh, <laughs> okay, I think we ended here <laughs> before James gets any worse. <laughs> Oh. he's still tipsy from that cocktail yeah I'm definitely I'm, I have to make it I'm on day two of a 30 day month and I had $17 and I blew it on gin you really got a gin cocktail with your $17? I it was a gin Ricky so it's supposed to be like gin a little bit of like lemon uh, juice lemon or lime juice and then like a lemon or lime twist um, so you maybe, got a very honestly, adult sprite it basically it was what very uh strong so maybe like that is why it was so expensive but again 17 dollar meals or 17 dollars is a whole meal it was ridiculous you would charge that for a single drink i don't care who you are um but yeah They're that's, really uh, expensive that's... limes i guess yeah. <laughs> all right we, thank you all yeah. for joining this week of course thanks for having me 
me, us. Thanks for having James. <laughs> yeah, just thanks for having all of us. This was fun. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddies. We have our Icebreakers and our Meme Mondays. On Twitter, at Better Budcast. Use the hashtag Better Buddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account, BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, or questions you need advice on. And last, but not least, be a better buddy. I am good. I I just started uh, House of the Dragon. Yeah. I'm very, very, very late to the party, but I've been enjoying it. <laughs> hey, I didn't start until like two weeks ago. It just finished last Sunday, too, so. Yeah. Might as well wait till it's all out. Exactly. Uh, but I've been really enjoying it. Yeah, I thought it was quite good, too. Yeah. I don't plan on watching it. <laughs> that is your right. <laughs> I, As an American. I did Game of Thrones all the way through season seven, you know, and I kind of got the gist. Put your work in. What? You put your work in. Yeah. <laughs> you did your time. You've I, contributed to the zeitgeist. I did my work. <laughs> I got it. It's game of cutting off heads. That's all that really matters. <laughs>